0: I don't really understand that, but I don't understand anything about religion. I think it's just poo-pooed or something. I, I think it's, it's like against the I like, wish I hadn't said against the rule. I like that you said poo-poo. poo-pooed because poo-poo. she also says Oh she oh. does say oh-poo! Oh poo, <laughs> <Bitsy." laughs> Oh-poo, Brittany. Oh poo! Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this episode is who's your favorite witch? I'm giving my award to Hermione Granger. I knew you were going to do that. Do you have a, do you have a runner up? Uh, my favorite Harry Potter character is Ron, but he's not a he's witch. He's not the he's witch. He's the wizard. Yeah. Um, so I would say, I guess my other favorite Harry Potter witch is. Ginny, but book Ginny. But, oh yeah. We don't talk about movie Ginny. Yeah. So yeah. Good choices. Thanks. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 32-year-old artist. 32-year-old artist and writer. I'm keeping it. I like badass mugs and naps. I'm on Twitter at Abritania where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And my favorite witch is my wife. Do you have a fictional witch? My favorite witch is my wife. Also, Winifred Sanderson from I Hocus Pocus. I was like, Focus. she's gonna talk about Hocus Pocus. She's gonna take this opportunity and <laughs> not talk about Hocus Pocus. <laughs> No, it's okay. definitely Winifred Sanderson Anderson from Hocus Pocus. I did dress up as Hermione a lot as a kid. Uh, when I was a kid, I really liked uh, *Harry Potter*, and so obviously Hermione was my favorite, and McGonagall was my favorite. But um, mm. Joanne has betrayed me, and I have not yet gotten over. Yeah, that I have, betrayal. I have successfully severed her from this thing that brings me joy. I'm really happy for because, you because I to have do that too. Well, yeah, it's literally tattooed on your body. Yeah, I ha- I have tried, but I'm still just so angry at mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Not that I'm not angry at her, it's just that she has nothing to oh, do no, with that I, anymore. Oh yeah, I just haven't gotten past my anger stage yeah. yet, basically. So yeah, that's my favorite fictional witches and also my wife who is a real witch. Do you have proof? Um, is pretty. Wears witch hat. Witch. What spells does she do? She does the Brittany do your do the laundry spell. And then she's not very good though, because I never actually Yeah, get I was it like, done. ah, does it even work? Yeah. Huh. Who knows? <laughs> so today we have words to say about episode six hundred four of Riverdale: the witching hours. S in brackets, still stupid. What? Listen. Why do we have to do these weird punctuation things? Like, like why are we doing that? Do you know how makes stupid no we sense. sound when we say it out loud? Just say the witching hours. It's a great title. Or just the witching hour. Whatever. Who cares? cares? What? Why? What is this weird in parentheses? S? Why? Girl, why? I do not know. <laughs> I it's hate so it. So for the title, um, in folklore, the witching hour or the devil's hour is a time of night that is associated with supernatural events whereby witches, demons, and ghosts are thought to appear and be at their most powerful. Definitions vary and include the hour immediately after midnight and the time between 3am and 4am. Okay. Um, so that is what the witching hour is. Okay. Okay, this is exciting. Brittany, toot or boot? We discussed this yesterday. Yeah. And I liked this episode so much, I'm going to give it a shoot. I'm also going to give it a shoot. I loved it. Yeah. It was like a complete complete banger episode. Yeah, I loved, I, I would say that I loved, like, actively, uh, enthusiastically loved the entire thing up until, like, the last five minutes, and then I was like, okay, we've moved over to cringe a little bit. Yeah, unfortunately, the minute that Sabrina got there, yeah. things fell apart, uh-huh. but until then, it was doing great. Yeah, and yep. I'm gonna let that, you know, I'm gonna let that little blip go. Exactly. And that's fine. But yeah, I'm gonna give it a shoot. Uh, So far, um, every single Riverdale episode has been better than the last for me. Mm -hmm. And so I have high hopes for next for the 100th episode. It's better than regular Riverdale. I don't really see it being better than this episode, um, because I really loved this episode, but I have high hopes. I do, actually. I have, I don't have high hopes. Mm. Um, and I have zero expectations, so we'll see what happens. The trailer looks insane. I know. So, I'm excited. So, um, uh, this episode we split into three parts the first part is what happens in the 19 or er, the 1890s the 1980 oh that would have been cool yeah and then the 1950s um and then what happens in the present the present storyline is very small but it's chronological so I think we're gonna do that one last yeah so um what happens in the Abigail storyline the Poppy storyline and the Cheryl storyline yeah that yeah, yeah. Well, "Quote unquote Cheryl," "quote unquote Cheryl," "quote unquote Poppy." That was the part where I fell apart. Yeah. However, looking back, like having watched it again after that sort of twist, I was just like, "Okay," because I kind of see, I kind of see the foreshadowing throughout it. Which, oh is yeah, for really sure, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I did the Abigail storyline, and what happens in the Abigail storyline is that she lives in <laughs> 1890s, and she is, uh, has the school, like we saw in um, the previous few episodes mm-hmm. of season five. She's teaching the children. She needs a new teacher. So... Thomasina Topaz comes in and she says, I can teach the kids. She says, do you have a husband? She says, no. Uh, so then Abigail's like, great. So she hires her. Then Thomasina is like, we should teach them about male things because- men can't have all the power we need to have some power and Abigail's like no but then later she's like actually yes I agree and yeah. then they kiss about it they sure do so then that night they're like doing the do and then uh, Constable Keller comes and says hey we're looking for Thomasina Topaz who is a murderer and she's like oh she's not here murderer. What? Um, and then she's like, hey, tell me the truth. And Thomasina says that her husband was very abusive and it was either going to be her or him. And so she killed him to save her own life. And Abigail's like, that makes total sense. That's fine. Another knock at the door comes um, and it is Fen Fogarty, who's a friend of Cheryl's brother. I mean, Abigail's brother, James. Mm. And he says, unfortunately, James passed away in war and his dying wish is for you to marry me. So Abigail says, I love my brother, so I have to do it. I have no choice. And Thomasina's like, I have bad vibes from this man, not only because he's trying to steal my girl but also because he just has bad vibes so they go through his stuff and find that he's like a murderer who forged the uh letter yeah. and um is basically just trying to steal all her riches and so when he comes home they like don't get his stuff away in time and he like yells at them tries to threaten thomasina's life um abigail says no no no! i will marry you so she does marry him and then uh she kills him with an axe uh lizzie borden style Yep. Yeah. But then when she goes to tell Thomasina about it, he has already killed Thomasina, and then he comes back somehow having lived through that axe attack, and as Bailey's Comet goes across the sky, curses her to be eternal and alone forever. Yes. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. That's, that's your brief little summary. <laughs> what happened in the Poppy storyline? Um, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. You always do. Poppy storyline, late 1950s, Red Scare, communist, I don't know when the Red Scare is, it's 1957. Basically, Poppy is a feminist Mm -hmm. and a lesbian, and she hosts women's things to talk about, like, things that women aren't usually allowed to talk about, and eventually ends up sort of having some sort of, I would guess, affair, I would say affair, with Bitsy, and of course then things spiral from there because you can't be gay in the 1950s, so she's accused of being a communist. And it's basically the story of her and Bitsy's failed attempt to be together while Bitsy gives birth to her husband's child. Hmm. And then, of course- Poppy is locked away forever in Thornhill. So her fate mirrors Abigail's. Forever living out the rest of her days in Thornhill. Lonely, with no love. Yeah. So then in the Cheryl storyline, the present, um, she's talking about Bailey's Comet again and how uh, all the girls have to go and watch Bailey's Comet, but she's going to be with Nana Rose. So she goes to sit with Nana Rose and she starts telling Nana Rose the story of Abigail and Poppy. Eventually, Britta comes in and is like, can I also listen to the story? And Cheryl's like, no. Nana's like, okay. And so Cheryl's like, fine. Mm -hmm. So Britta comes in She finishes telling the story about the two, and then she gets a knock on the door. It's Sabrina. So Sabrina comes in, and she's like, Britta, get out. (laughs) And at this point, things get weird and confusing. So then they do a spell, a transference spell, to basically Freaky Friday, Cheryl, and Nana Rose. And then when Nana Rose dies, they explain to Britta that... Oh yeah, Nana Rose dies, by the way. Yeah, Nana Rose dies. And we explain... Well, does she? (sighs) They explain that... Cheryl has been Abigail this whole time. Poppy was Abigail. Abigail was just like immortal and living out this curse Constant, over and over like, and over again, looped life. And so that Cheryl has been Abigail the whole time, and now they've switched their consciousnesses so that Abigail, since Nana Rose died and she was inside Nana Rose, is now finally free and at peace. But inside Cheryl's body is Nana Rose. So now Cheryl is Nana Rose. And, like, when you start to look at it too close, it all just falls the hell apart. Yeah. So we're just not going to. But also, like, I... Cried at the end because it was so beautiful seeing like Abigail and Thomasina finally get to be together. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's like a, it's a little queer love story and, about two people who wanted to be together and couldn't be. And it had the most beautiful, like it was such a good soundtrack mm-hmm. too. Ugh, the vibes were great. The montages were spectacular. One of the note notes that I made in my notes was that if. If this show was a serious show, this would be the episode that they would put forth for Madeline's Emmy consideration. Oh yeah, for sure. Because she's amazing. But this isn't a serious show. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So we're going to go into Abigail first. Jughead shows up at the beginning of the episode and introduces that all of these women are blossoms throughout the ages and they all have a lot in common. Um, And he says that it's the most haunted place in Riverdale is Thornhill. The thing they have in common is they look like Madeline and they're all gay as hell. Mm -hmm. So Abigail wakes up, gets ready, gets her classes ready. We learn that it is 1890. 92. Um, so immediately I have a complaint. So it's supposed to happen every 65 years, right? Sure. So 1892 mm-hmm. and 1957. Uh-huh. Okay. But then, so, okay, so it doesn't that take us to 2022? No. No? Doesn't that take you to like 2002? I don't know how math works. 65. So 1892 plus 65 is 1957 1955- plus 65 takes us to 2022. Okay? Really? Yes, because it would be a, a, a round number at that point. 65 plus 65 would be a tanner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah. anyway, that's 2022, and, like, that would be fine, because I'm saying they should probably be in 22 at this point anyway, okay. but at the end, when we see Nana Rose's grave, it says died in 2021! <laughs> I'm so mad! If you look, I'm telling you, if you look at it too close, it falls apart, so you I just know. gotta focus on the beautiful gayness of I it. I know, I know. The hair and costumes in this uh, episode are so beautiful. They're, Everything is gorgeous. Every wig that Madeline has on is just, like, incredible. Yeah. Like, the hair pieces mm-hmm. like how does one per- it's just, that must have been so heavy Yeah, you know mm-hmm. and she like pinches her little cheeks as blush while all the other Cheryls are putting on makeup she like just pinches her little right? cheeks isn't that cute mm-hmm. so Abigail meets with Thomasina Topaz who wants to work at her school she asks if she has a husband and she says no so she hires her oh also Thomasina is Tony, Tony. Yeah. for the record Topaz. in case you didn't watch the episode yeah all of these characters are being played by existing Riverdale characters yes. so this is Tony so hashtag Shoney hashtag Shoney so she has five years teaching experience. She says that her school was shut down and turned into a hospital because of the war. And then that's when Abigail explains that she has a brother named James who is out there fighting. They talk about how there's currently a plague happening. And so have they gotten the pox before? Yes, but they both survived as babies, so we're good. Do you think they mean like, they don't mean chicken pox. I think they mean smallpox. All oh, right. Oh, I don't 100%. I forgot about the poxes. Yeah. Whatever it is, I'm sure if it happened these days. Yeah. They would fight for their right to have the pox. Yeah. (laughs) So then it's really funny because they're talking in these like beautiful old timey words and everything in this, in this very Mm -hmm. old timey manner. And then Madeline just goes, so are you married? Yeah. And she goes, no. And she goes, oh good, um, I I have no need for women with husbands. She's not smooth about it. Yeah. You know what? And she's right for that. Mm -hmm. She's just an awkward little lesbian. And this is foreshadowing to later in her life because who does she then have a relationship with? Bitsy. with the husband. Who has a husband. Yeah. Yeah. And she says that she is from Greendale and later Jughead also says Greendale about Sabrina and if this is River Vale, I think Sam brought this up. If this is River Vale, why is it not Green Vale? No, I think that explains a lot of it is mm. that okay, if you think of it like an X, okay? There's Riverdale, mm-hmm. River Vale, uh-huh. and then two Greendale's. Uh-huh. I think they 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 crisscross. Uh-huh. So m- in normal Riverdale, there's probably just a normal Greendale. There is. They've talked about it. Yeah. So, no, but I mean, like, that Greendale is normal. There's no witchiness in it. But in oh. this universe, there's a witchy Greendale and a witchy Rivervale. That's how I think about it. No, that is a good way to think about it. I think that it... It almost falls apart because they have mentioned River Dale on Sabrina, but, ah, I like, but I like your thing way better. Thank you. Yeah. I, I tried. Just, I think it, that would be just better in general. Roberto, here's the thing. I tried to make sense of your show and it didn't work, but thank you for naming a character after me. Yeah. Appreciate you. <laughs> it means a lot. So Abigail teaches her students when Thomasina comes in and says that they should learn about Bailey's comment, and Abigail says no because that's not what girls learn or something, and Thomasina like just disagrees with that. Thomasina's um, like, you need to check your internal misogyny. Yeah, I don't like that. So what they're learning about is proper table etiquette, Oh, God. I yeah. was forced to learn all of this. It was horrible. I like the difference between, like, they're all talking about the comet and the comet is happening in really important moments at the end of the episode. Um, Which, by the way, I had said, like, last episode, oh, I hope this is the triptych episode where we get it, like, in little pieces. No, I was completely wrong. It is edited and put together in, a be- in mm-hmm. an absolutely beautiful way and it all comes together in this beautiful climax. I'm obsessed with it. I mean, it is literally, we talked about this last week, this is Fear Street. Mm. Like, it's a queer love story that takes place in three different timelines. Yeah, with someone who was like immortal slash a witch who was condemned for being gay. Yeah, like it's kind, it's the same thing twice. But that's okay because that means I get to watch that story twice. Yeah, but I like the way that Bailey's comment comes into it because it's not just like. Like in the present, Bailey's comet is tonight, and in the 1800s, Bailey's comet is a few days from now, and in the 1950s, Bailey's comet is later this year. Yeah, it was nine months. So I like I like how the timing goes there. So Abigail's like, women can't be going around the woods at night, and Thomasina's like, it's important to know things about how the world works. Like she's like, are you gonna keep teaching men things? And she's like, yeah. Men have all the power and we deserve some. And so then Abigail gets, like, pissed off about it. it in front of all the kids. <laughs> Thomasina's right, though. Yeah. She's completely. like, well, why can't the girls know science? Yeah. She's like, because that's not what girls learn. Okay. So I'm like What well, did I'll you hire me for? for. <laughs> yeah. So later Abigail tells Thomasina that she was right and she agrees that they should teach the girls everything and so they kiss about it. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Shoni. There, so we see like Thomasina looking through the telescope, and that's one of my favorite moments because having watched it the second time, one of the first scenes in the entire episode, it happens in the present day when Cheryl is talking about Bailey's Comet and she looks down at the telescope. Sadly, you know, she's remembering (laughs) Bailey's Comet, she's remembering the telescope, she's remembering Thomasina in this moment because it's her the whole time. She's been waiting this entire time for it. And she's kept that telescope in that room. So they both say that they're sorry, and we're going to teach them the hard stuff, and hopefully they'll be ready for a world that will one day exist. I think Um, that's really sweet. I like this because it's like, wow, there were gays back then, if you can believe it. There were gays the whole time. We've been here the whole time. Mm -hmm. How do you explain the the Greeks and the Romans? Mm -hmm. So in bed, the two women talk to each other when there's a knock on the door. It's Constable Keller who's looking for Thomasina who murdered her husband. And Abigail says that she's not there and to just go away. Yeah. She makes a very deliberate choice to be like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to trust you over this cop. Mm -hmm. And she was right for that. Yeah. So she said that she was watching her sleep and it's like the perfect world that they live in. And I wonder why Constable Keller comes to there and asks, like, like does he know that she's been hired there? He's probably just doing the rounds. Or he's just doing the rounds. Yeah, yeah cause otherwise, if he had known that Thomasina was actually hired there, then he probably would have tried harder. 100%. Yeah, I think um, he's just doing the rounds. Yeah. Because it's not like they have phones. Right, but she's like, "There's no, there's a case of the pox here. Go away. And yes. he's like, oh, okay. I certainly don't want to be here. Goodbye. And then Poppy literally turns around and loudly says Thomasina's name. And I'm like, "Right, the good thing he left, I guess. Or Abigail, but yeah. Oh yeah, my Well, dad I mean, I guess they're all the same. <laughs> I called her Poppy! I'm yeah. having such a hard time. That's okay. They, I mean, I'm having a hard time every time I say have to say Abigail, I have a hard time not saying Cheryl. Yeah, I it looks like because when I see it in my head, that's Cheryl. <laughs> so. When I first did my notes, I referred to Poppy as Cheryl for at least half of it, and yeah. then I was like, "That's not Cheryl." Yeah. So Thomasina explains that her husband was abusive, and one night it was either her or him, and she chose to kill him to save her own life. And so Abigail obviously accepts her Good for that. Good for her. Mm-hmm. She's like, you asked me if I had a husband, and I do not currently. But maybe I I used to. But I once did. She said it was an arranged marriage, and he was a really bad person, uh, wanted to control me with violence. And so I saved my own life. And Abigail's like, okay, well, you can stay here forever as refuge. Beautiful. Incredible. And they would have been happy. It's like- Half of our podcasts are complaining in a funny way. I have so little complaints. I, I love this not. episode so much. I just enjoyed myself watching it. I was yeah. like, this is great storytelling. Um, yeah. I'm not used to that from Riverdale. And I thought everyone was amazing. Yeah. I just think like Vanessa has such a modern face. Vanessa has a face that knows about text messaging. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's not that she did a bad job. It's just like, it's, she doesn't look like a painting that you see from the 1800s. You I don't know. She's, Madeline, so- ka- Madeline kind of doesn't either because mm. of her lip fillers, but yeah, I don't know. But I also think that, like, they, it's like easier to transform her, I guess. I guess I, I honestly bought Vanessa more than I did Madeline. So that's mm. interesting. We have completely opposite opinions. Yeah, I think that you know who I didn't buy? Oh. Casey. That is a man that knows about text messaging and his face shows it. I thought he was great in the 15 in the 1950s though. He I, looked so dapper. He was great, but you know who killed it in this one? Um, Drew? Drew! Oh my god! Mm. I was like, that's actual acting right there! That doesn't happen on this show! I knew exactly what was gonna happen, because I was like, I follow you on Twitter, or on Instagram, I've seen you in that costume covered in blood, so I know that you're gonna die. He clearly was having the time of his life, yeah, and it showed, Mm -hmm. and it was like, it was just good, which, again, you don't expect. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that, like, I was a little bit leery about Vanessa, but then as it went on, I believed it a lot more. Once we got into the arena where it started to let on that she might be a witch, mm-hmm. everything kind of clicked in of like, okay, so this is why she's making these acting choices is because she yeah. has a secret. Right, 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 right. So Fen Fogarty, Drew, Fen Fogarty, arrives at Thornhill and gives Abigail a letter saying her beloved brother James died in battle and his dying wish was for her to marry Fen. So she agrees, but Thomasina thinks that it might be fake and that he has really bad intentions. Remember when men used to just be able to do that? THAT! Up. And I'm also like, thanks. Uh this is your <laughs> I'm like, you but this that's the wrong your... one! This is your uh your ancestor? Oh yeah. I mm. guess it makes sense as your mom. Oh, yeah, left you it's in fo- the woods. It's Fogarty, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 He's like, hi, I'm friends with your brother, and she's like, Oh my god, come on in. I have a question. Uh-huh. Does that mean that that a blossom was always meant to fall in love with a Topaz? Uh yeah, pro I mean, we've been saying forever and ever that This show needs endgame. No, that this show is just these kids. Replaying their parents' lives. Like, I think, I think we're stuck in a time loop. But, like, with Bitsy Bitsy, they didn't say her last name. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, like, I think ta- maybe Tammy had her last name? Yes. But they didn't say Bitsy's last name because I guess it would be Jones or No, it's I Smith. They didn't say any of their last names. Uh, yeah, it was said, like, outside of it that it was Smith. Yeah. Um. And so the thing is that people were like, oh my gosh, that means that, like, Jack, who is Jughead's character, is a Jones, so a Jones and a Smith are, so does that mean that Betty and Jughead are actually related? And that's not true because this is all on Alice's side of the family. Right. So Bitsy's maiden name is whatever, but both of them are Smith. This is all on Alice's side. Okay. um, So we don't have to worry about Betty and Jughead having been related at all. I'm just trying to find a way to get my Shoni endgame. Yeah. I feel that I've done it. I need to see what Cheryl's going to do next in the actual timeline, because right now- Wait, once we get regular Cheryl back, I need her to have, like, so much character development, Mm -hmm. because lately she's been absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, Thomasina immediately gets bad vibes, and he's like, Hey, your brother died, sorry. Um. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh... It says on, on, in the letter that he was his dearest friend. And so she's like, dearest friend, how close were you guys? And he's my like, My mother tells me everything. He says, war makes all men bedfellows, and we're all just like, oh, war- they were in love. Before- war, is, war is gay. Confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. War is wow. gay. Wrestling is gay. This is beautiful. Then you guys... Okay, so you and Fen can get married and then you can both have separate relationships outside of that. You're each other's beards. We did it. You know what? We solved their marriage. I don't know. That's actually where I thought it was going at first because I didn't... (laughs) That would have been amazing! because Fangs isn't evil, so I didn't expect... However, one of the things that I really liked about this episode, at first I thought... How, you know, we saw Jughead at the very, very beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. But past that, it took such a long time for us to see a man that I thought oh, that we yeah. just straight up would not see any men in the episode. Even though, like, I had seen the trailer and I saw that Kevin was in it and everything. But we straight like, in the present storyline, we straight up don't see a man. No. Like, there's no men in the present storyline. Um, and every single male character in this episode was a villain. A villain. Like, interesting. It, it just, I mean, it is an interesting commentary on how much violence men have done to women psychologically, culturally, historically, Uh that, like, through all of these things, when you see a man, often it's a man fighting to repress a woman's natural state of being. Uh And, like, I don't know if that's so much a statement as it is just sort of how it was Uh slash how it still is, which is you cannot be the way that you are because I reject that. And how did, how does this all work out with her having been burned at the stake in the real timeline? Cause Beatrice and Archibald and I Jeremiah? I forgot about that part. Or Jedediah. No, it was Jeremiah, I think I would have commented. Wait, was it Jedediah? Yeah, I don't I remember. Don't know. I don't Wait, know. I forgot. Abigail was burned at the stake, mm-hmm. but she didn't die. Yes! yes! So she was able to keep writing her journals. Oh! We've done it. Because that was our main, co- our, our big complaint about that. We've solved that the loophole. How did she keep writing her journals? No, no. she survived that and she hid away and became the next Blossom. We did it. Amazing. We did it. I'm very proud of us. We're very smart. I don't know. I don't know if any of this is actually, but. No, we're insane people, but yeah. like we nailed it. Yeah. I was like, I wonder if the reason, like how much of this goes into the real storyline. I don't think it does. But I was like, does Cheryl learn about Abigail and she's so upset about it because she then finally gets those memories? You know, like up until oh, now, yeah. Cheryl. Up until now Cheryl didn't know that she was that like just Cheryl just thought she was Cheryl and now she's realizing that she has been abigail this whole time i don't think that's true in the real storyline but this is cool as hell right now yeah i'm enjoying the riverdale storyline because i don't have to dig too deep into like yeah. the history cuz it's like none of this makes sense yeah. and i've accepted that right so she's like okay well i guess i have to marry this guy and thomasina's like ew you don't even freaking know that guy <laughs> i i'm thomasina <laughs> yeah it's funny cuz thomasina like tony and fangs are together right now in the main storyline so it's funny that, uh. Um, I, oh, right. I was like, she's I think like, you she's dead, but. Yeah. And so she's like, well, if it's what my brother wanted, then I guess I'll do it. And Thomasina's like, no, I can tell that he's bad news bears. He totally forged fu- that letter. He probably just wants all your riches and later that's confirmed. So while he's away, they go through Fen's things and discover that he faked the letter from James and is a murderer who takes pictures of his victims after death. He arrives back and finds them going through his things. Thomasina tries to attack, but he grabs her and threatens to kill her, so Abigail agrees to marry him that night to save Thomasina How could you be happy in a marriage knowing that you had to threaten your wife into- He doesn't care about being happy. He just cares about getting all of her, her, like, being able, like, legally being the person who gets all of her stuff, and then he's probably going to kill her. I just think that's so embarrassing, because I know that other men have definitely done that in human history, and I just, I think that's humiliating. Mm -hmm, Yeah. (laughs) So they're going through his stuff, and they find, like, a voodoo doll (laughs) of James. Yeah, they sure do. And they find that he's been, like, practicing his signature and everything, and they find the family seal. So that letter is completely fabricated. They find some more, like, occult objects. Thomasina realizes that he was a warlock. So that's, like, basically evil wizard. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I also noticed that there are even more signatures from his other victims, so he's been doing this multiple times. Then she finds death portraits, especially, and she also finds one of James himself. Oh, right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Madeline does such a beautiful job, especially in this moment. Like, that's a really standout moment for me, is when she sees his death portrait. Mm-hmm. I just think that, yeah. um, the anguish on her face is really palpable. Yeah, it's just, like, sheer horror. Yeah. So He gets back, and they are like, oh no, so they start putting all his stuff back in there, but they're doing it so hastily that I'm like, even if they did get it all in there and got out and everything, he'd get back in there and realize that all of his stuff was rifled through. It's a little obvious. Yeah. So um he's threatening Tomasina and she's like, Okay, I'll marry you, I'll marry you. And he's like, Okay, she's like, We need a vicar, so you're gonna need to go into town to get one. And he's like, You think I'm stupid? No you no you no, go get you. one. So no, you go get one. <laughs> you come back in an hour or she's dead. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> No you. no, you! So Abigail gets ready to marry Fen and does, but then she kills him Lizzie Borden style with an axe in the bed. She goes to find Tomasino, but Fen has already killed her and taken a picture of her. He somehow makes his way over to where she is and curses her to live forever and always alone, like in the light of the comet. It was actually really sad. Yeah. So she had to marry him, um, but I assume in this moment she like, she, I think she says she had already thought about how to kill him. Oh, right, like right, right, right. Like she already right, yeah. had a plan. We also see old-timey Britta helping her get ready. And her way Wedding Dress is red. Right red. What? Makes complete sense. The song that they're playing during that part, I know the song and it is perfect for this moment. I was so excited to hear it. It has been stuck Um, in my head all day. Yeah, it's called Riverside. Let me get you. By Agnes Obel. And yeah, I had, I think I listened to this song in like college or something, but I was like so excited to hear it. And I think it was perfect. It had the perfect vibes. And um, it also makes total sense because like, the river is so important for Cheryl and her family exactly. in general. Really quickly I did want to say that I was disappointed to not see Penelope this episode. That's the only big complaint oh that I God, had. Oh, I didn't even think about Penelope. Yeah, like uh, I was like, "Um, excuse me, where's where's Penelope? How does she fit into this?" Well, um I had complained uh in our Discord that like if Abigail is just Abigail over and over again like Poppy is Abigail, Cheryl is Abigail Then how Where the it? hell did Penelope come from? Well how did Penelope come from? Where did, uh, Nana, where did, Rose did Nana Rose, come, Rose from? come from? That makes no sense And then Dave had mentioned, well both Penelope and Nana Rose were adopted Oh my, right? yeah but what about the boys? Exactly, Clifford, well Clifford came from Nana Rose but then where did, but where's the male Blossom? Like, where exactly Cliff, where, Where's her grandfather? Where did, um, where did James in general, like James I understand but like where did, I guess there was no jason in either in either of the other two storylines so like if this is its own thing then maybe jason just didn't exist but then he kind of did because i think they mentioned jason at some point they definitely mentioned him at some point just not in this episode so listen again this is a if you look too close it all falls apart kind of situation okay that's okay (laughs) reggie is the vicar in this uh in this one um i think that's extremely funny yeah i love that did they they give the vicar a name no they didn't give him a name but he has like sideburns okay yeah, but well, they didn't, I, good enough. They didn't give him side, or they didn't give him sideburns in the other storyline either. They didn't give him a name in the other one either. Yeah, that was my struggle when I was doing it, and I yeah. was like, none of these men have names in this Except one. Except Jughead, yeah. Oh, and, uh, and Kevin had a name. Yeah. I think that, uh, Fen had already killed Thomasina at this point, like before the wedding, he had killed Thomasina. Why? Uh Just because, like, what time did he have to do it after the wedding? Because I think oh, after I the wedding Oh, I guess she didn't even see leave. Thomasina. Yeah. What? Thomasina didn't help her get dressed, did she? Mm-mm. Okay. No, it was just the girls. That makes sense. So she talks about Lizzie Borden and she kills him. This was way more explicit than I expected. We saw the axe go into his chest. I did not expect that at all. I was not expecting a Lizzie Borden reference. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes into the other room. She sees Thomasina dead with her picture on her, on her lap. It was really sad. It was really sad. And then Fen comes by and I'm like, there's no way you got all the way over here having been hit by an axe so many times. Yeah, but he's a warlock, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. But then he dies. Yeah, but it's like because magic sort of thing. Yeah. So he curses her to be everlasting and solitary, unloved and alone. And then she's just left in a room with two dead people. How do we explain this? Oh, yeah. How did she ever get out of that? I don't know. I didn't even think about that. Kurt no. comes around. He's like, well, I guess the she's fox like, took some people. She's like, I found Thomasina. You're welcome. And I don't know what happened to this friggin' guy. But yeah. I mean, Thomasina was a murderer, right? So she killed him and then and then I killed Thomasina. They don't have DNA evidence back then. Yeah. No one's going to know. You're welcome. So. And that's the Abigail storyline. We did it. Yeah. So uh, Brittany's going to talk to us about Poppy Blossom. I mean, I guess I could. Yeah. Poppy Seed Blossom. Poppy Seed Blossom. That really that's the name Abigail chose. Yeah, poppy she got seed. to she got to pick her name, so yep. she picked Poppy Seed. So in 1957, Poppy Blossom wakes up in Thornhill. She gets dressed and applies some classic ruby red Cheryl lipstick before mm-hmm. preparing her home for a meeting at Riverdale's most stylish ladies. Yeah. Uh Velma arrives with mint liqueur. <laughs> jumps I'm like, Gomez. Probably because we know that the lo- we know from Hiram's episode that the lodges came to Riverdale, but the Gomez's are from Riverdale, so I think it's probably Gomez, but we never got her last no, name. No, I think they purposely don't tell us that so that we don't have to like look too deep into yeah. it. But I'm like, all right, uh, Velma is also accompanied by Bitsy, who is Betty, Tammy, who is Tabitha, and Elena, who is Alice. Yes, so um, uh, her name is Elena Alexis. I don't. I'm like, why is she not just Bitsy's mom? I don't know, but um, I know that her uh, maiden's middle name is Elena. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that they did that. I don't there know where the no reason came for from, her to though. even be in these scenes. Yeah, but um, I had a good time seeing her anyway. Other than her just being like sassy. It was really funny because I was watching it and I'm like, I know that Maidchen's a great actor, but her trying to come off as like a 60s like yeah. lady, I was like, okay, I love you, Maidin. Anyway. So they refer to these little parties as salons. After the salon where the ladies discuss Lady Chatterley's lover, mm-hmm. I wrote Tabitha because I get so confused. Yeah. Tammy hangs behind to talk through an issue with Poppy. Do you have any notes on Lady Chatterley's lover? Yes. I know so, you would. Lady Chatterley's Lover is a novel by English author D.H. Lawrence that was first published privately in 19 19- 28 in Italy and 1929 in France. The book was banned for obscenity in the obscenity in the United States, Canada, Australia, India, and Japan. The book soon became notorious for its story of the physical and emotional relationship between a working-class man and an upper-class woman, its explicit descriptions of sex, and its <gasps> use of then unprintable four-letter words. Smutfic yeah. Nice! Basically. It was like the fr- like a romance novel. Yeah. That's cute. And so Poppy was like, well, we're reading that. Yeah, she's like, we had a whole discussion about it, obviously. Obviously. I love that she, she has taken Thomasina's uh, legacy and she has brought it into every single generation. Yeah, she's such a little rebel. Yeah. So Tammy reveals to Poppy that she badly wants to work at her husband's diner, yeah. but her husband is controlling and says that she belongs at home, but... Tammy knows that she would do a better job managing Pop-tates than he does. Poppy provides her with some herbs from her garden that will make her husband too sick to work. Tammy will then be able to step in and run Pop's, proving herself to him. Yes. So I think that means that this is the original Pop, her husband? But Pop would never do that. But we know that he's the one who sold his soul to the devil. Oh wait, we're not meaning our Pop, we're meaning Pop's dad. Yeah, the original Pop. Yeah, probably! Because I think it was like, yeah, it's like Pop's grandfather or something was the one who sold his soul and started the original yeah, yeah, Pop. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember, but either no, way. No, it was just... his great grandfather. Oh, because then his grandfather took on the curse and then Pop took on the curse. Mm. They've been taking, they've been taking the deal on down the generations, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, regardless. I don't think that, so. I think it's his, I think this is his grand... This is definitely his gran- his grandfather. Well, no, 1957, and Pop's pretty old. It could yeah. just be his dad. Okay, so maybe, okay. Yeah, I know, think- you're right. It's, I think this is his dad. So so the the Pop before this one is the one who sold his soul. Yeah, that's what i So Pop's has been there for a long time. Yes. Okay, okay. Uh, Tammy also tells Poppy that she doesn't know what any of them would do without her, mm-hmm. which later turns out to be extremely sad. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So at her next salon, Poppy proposes the topic of the conversation be Bailey's comet. Tabith- Tabitha, why did I write Tabitha? Because that's her name. It's, I know. So, it's okay. I'm tr- I'm doing um, my best. I I don't think we've commented on the fact that it is not Bailey's comet but Haley's comet. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so, Bailey's it, comet. It's so uh normal in Riverdale that it's just like let's just move past it. American <laughs> you excess, you know. Yeah, you yeah. You know. So Tammy says that they should have a viewing party for the comet, which I think sounds fun as hell. Yeah. Bitsy reveals that her husband Jack, Jughead, mm-hmm. wouldn't be interested in seeing a comet, and Tammy reveals that she's been working at the register in Pops. Elena's like, that's cool, um, how about my thing? <laughs> so she butts in and says that the timing of the comet is curious because didn't the Russians just launch Sputnik to spy on America? I mean, Yeah. They did. She also reveals that Wendy Weatherby was arrested for conspiracy, a.k.a. Russian collusion. I'm really tired of hearing the phrase Russian collusion in my life. Mm. This is a- time is a circle. Also, interesting choice to use the Weatherby's for this. Yeah, and I was like, is that supposed to imply that it's, like, Waldo's mom? Yeah? I guess. And then he's like, of course I'll join a cult. Sure, I'll join the farm. (laughs) You know what? He's unstable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is so weird. All of the women are worried, and Tammy wants to know if their children are safe at school, which is the first we're hearing that any of them have children. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Bitsy already does, but... Yeah. Poppy... Um, And actually, Mm -hmm. Velma does as well. And so does Elena. Oh, that's right, 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 Mm right. So, Poppy interjects and says that there's no need to fret because she thinks that people can talk about their different ideas in the privacy of their own homes. What's the harm? Mm -hmm. Elena is basically outraged, and Poppy says that she's just not a fan of witch hunts of any kind. Boy, I would say so. Yeah. you know, It's uh, a bit on the nose. Yeah. It's a bit on the nose. Mm-hmm. I liked that Tammy was like, what if we did our viewing from the top of the diner's roof? That sounds like the that's greatest that's thing so in the whole fun! world. That whole viewing party, I'm like, I would go to that. And Bitsy's like, oh, I don't know. My husband wouldn't be interested. I'm like, then leave him. Then go. At home. At home. You stupid idiot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you dumbass. He clearly sucks. <laughs> dumbass where he runs in the family. Yeah. I think like it's kind of unclear because later um it seems like maybe it's the husbands doing and Keller's doing and stuff like that but like I just want to bring Elena into it more and so I'm just like what if Elena's the reason that she gets arrested like I think that's the implication I yeah. think Elena snitched mm-hmm. that yeah. I think I think that like they you know Keller says in the scene with the husbands that I'm, uh, we're going to basically arrest you if you keep doing this. Mm-hmm. But then they didn't really have anything and so then Elena maybe is the one who came forward with that information so that they could yeah. do that. I think it was either that or it was basically just complete bullshit yeah. when he said there's been an anonymous tip. Yeah. But I think it's entirely possible that Elena snitched. Yeah, because she seemed real she's pissed. She's like so outraged. But I'm like, then what are you here for? You know? like this I'm is like, like, you like- read a banned book! What did you think this club was? It's just weird because it's like, I obviously love that Alice is here and I love seeing her, but I'm also like, if Bitsy, Velma, and Tammy are all gonna have like audiences with Poppy because they need her help and they're asking her help and everything alternatives, then why is Elena even here? Like, why are you even part of this? She's like the weird friend that someone care. brought because yeah. they didn't want to leave her out. Yeah. And it's like, turns out she's a snitch. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, I she's get. She's the Marietta Edgecomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like, listen, I get being afraid of communist Russia, especially at this time when it was like, capitalism, capitalism, this is the way, freedom, but- I like the rebelliousness of Poppy saying, I think we should be free to talk about different issues in the safety of our own homes. And I'm just so baffled by the fact that Elena is already in quite literal mixed company, mm-hmm. unsegregated company, yeah. and is somehow shocked by this. Yeah. Which I think is I think I mean, I guess for the time period, that was the hard line. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you can go up to the line, but crossing the line is, well, maybe the communists have a point. They didn't for the record, but right. Um, yeah, because Keller brings that up later that her her parties, her little salons uh, are unsegregated mm-hmm. and yeah it's like i feel like elena's just like no of course i'm very progressive I'm i hang out with one black woman yeah i'm fine with black people but i do draw the line at discussing communism yeah. and i'm like okay okay i don't know what else to feel about that mm-hmm. i'm glad that she's not racist i guess yeah yeah I'm just, I wish they would do more with Maid in this show. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. So Bitsy stays back to chat with Poppy and Poppy says that chatting with Bitsy is the highlight of her week. And so all of us are like, Fruity? And then, so Bitsy tells Poppy that she's not happy in her marriage and we're like, Fruity. Mm -hmm. Her husband thinks that another child is solution, even though her first pregnancy was extremely hard on her and Bitsy doesn't really want to do that again. Yeah. Poppy is like, hey, consider this. Divorce, but unfortunately, that's not an option for Bitsy because Jack's Catholic. I don't really understand that, but I don't understand anything about religion. I think it's just poo pooed or something. I, I think it's like against the. I like, wish I hadn't said against the rule. I like that you said poo poo-poo. pooed because poo-poo. she also said. Oh, she <laughs> does say oh poo, <laughs> oh okay. Bitsy. Um, but I think this- I think it's like straight up against against the rules. Okay, well, so is pedophilia, but the Catholics seem fine about that one. Oopsies. Anyway. Oh, poo, Brittany. Oh, poo! So Bitsy is like, okay, so I can't do that. And Poppy says, okay, maybe don't get pregnant. Have you considered birth control? Bitsy says that she cannot ask Dr. Curdle for it, which is so funny to me because everyone gets a different name but Dr. Curdle. Yeah. Well, no, because that's his last name. I know, but still. Yeah. Oh, wait. Is that Dr. Curdle Sr.? No, it must be Dr. Curdle Sr. Sr. You think? Yeah. All right. Well... Yeah. yeah, Dr. Kirtle Sr. Oh, but he's just real young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 So, uh, Bitsy says she can't ask Dr. Kirtle for birth control... Poppy has the solution, because of course she does. A few ginger flakes from her garden will work as birth control. I don't know if that's real, but I'm happy about it. Yeah. Bitsy is so relieved. She has no idea what she'd do without Poppy, and she's so grateful for her to her for listening and understanding. The two hug, and then the hug just kind of keeps going for like ages, and it gets super intense, and then it gets kind of gay. So they end up kissing, and it's kind of super cute because it's a good kiss. Mm-hmm. Bitsy then freaks out and apologizes for doing it. And Poppy says, not to worry. Everything will work out for them. And Bitsy leaves. I love her little apothecary. Um, I know. It's like, okay, I'm like, it's really obvious she was a witch. You know? Did you say, did you say that, um, she said that time spent with Bitsy was the whole highlight of her week? Yes, I did. That's so cute. It's super cute. I'm like, okay, so you have a favorite. Got it. So last time we were watching, I was just like, I'm not sure why, if we had to choose any of the girls, why we chose Betty for this. Because, I mean, obviously they're... Not related here because she's playing a Smith instead of a Cooper and she's obviously still a Blossom. But when, when I look at them, I see them as cousins because their characters play cousins, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of weird for me. And then I think it was Sam who mentioned, unless it was you, um, but said maybe they're letting Lily do this because Lily is. That was Sam. Yeah. yeah. Sam said, um, that maybe they're letting Lily do it because Lily is actively out as uh, as bisexual, yeah. And so they're letting Lily do it, and I was like, "That's awesome, and I love it." <laughs> yeah. Once I once I realized, oh right, Lily is also queer. I was like, okay, this is great. Yeah. Like let her explore that side of herself, and like even have like Betty slash Bitsy do it too. Like I think we deserve that. Yeah, and I think and Lily they both did that. so good in the like romantic scenes. Yeah, the angst was so good. It was like the only thing that I could think to describe between them was just like in- pure intensity yeah it was, it was great very intense. they're they're like they've got these like tears ready to spill over at any moment yep. just constantly it was so good and then like lily there is a scene later where bitsy is kind of like really intimately looking at pop poppy mm-hmm. and then she kind of snaps out of it she yeah. takes a step back and like falls back into her straight mm-hmm. Zona. And I'm because like, I. you can literally see the change happen. Like, It was Lily's, so good. Lily is the most talented person on that cast. I am inclined to agree. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else on the scene? Go ahead. Okay. So Bitsy has left and Velma is now taking her place to ask Poppy for advice because I guess Poppy is just the group therapist. Mm-hmm. She wants to spice up her sex life with her husband, who I just assume is Reggie. It, I believe it's Reggie. He's in the husband uh, scene and he's the one he's, who's like, yeah. you're saying that. You're exactly. Saying. It's funny that he's just like, you're telling our wives that we're not good enough in bed. And it's like, oh, I guess that's what Velma told you because she actually came to me and told me that you suck. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Um, she Poppy should, could have so easily blown that up. Yeah. So Poppy gives her the Kama Sutra and a special aphrodisiac that she made herself that Velma can put into her husband's roast beef. I think that is so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have more to say than that other than of course Velma's only problem was that she was horny. Yeah. Because that seems to be a lot of Ronnie's downfall as yeah, well. Poor Cammy. <laughs> Cammy Yeah. Listen, one more season for these kids and yeah. then they're all out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so later Bitsy and Jack knock on Poppy's door and Jack, who is Jughead, is infuriated. They did something really cool with Cole here where um they really emphasized the bags under his eyes to make him look menacing. Hmm. And I thought that was really cool. The lighting was really good too. Can I say, mm-hmm. Cole, the bags under Cole's eyes have been so out for, like, the entire time, like, maybe they emphasized it more this time. They like, definitely did. But he, they've just been out for, like, a really long time, uh, like, the whole time this show has been on. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they don't, if they even conceal them at all, and I just wanted to say that, that makes me feel better, that ha- has in the past made mm-hmm. me feel better about the bags under my eyes yeah. because it's just, like, it's nice to see, like, it's just on TV. Yeah, like, like, it's not, yeah, I look yeah. tired all the time, so does that guy. Yeah, and, and he's on TV. Exactly, but I also think it's, like, the way Cole holds his face and the lighting that also, like, really gives Jack this, Like, you look at him and you're like, that guy hits his wife. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Jack is infuriated because Bitsy clearly told him everything and I'm like, Bitsy, why did you do that? Yeah. (laughs) He makes Bitsy tell Poppy that she gave Poppy the wrong impression about them and that she is very happy in her marriage and would be lucky to have another child with Jack. Again, forcing your wife to say these things- is not a real marriage. Yeah. Just so, like, we're 100% clear. Those are not happy people. Right. And like you said, it's really embarrassing for you to be like, see, my wife loves me, but you made her say that. Like, and you're, like, ugh. grabbing her and manhandling her like she's meat. We can all tell that you your wife doesn't actually love you, and that's really embarrassing for you. Yeah. Ugh. I will say, it's hard because I know that Bixie's an abusive marriage, mm-hmm. and you can clearly tell from the way that... Cole holds himself and he's hunched over and he grabs Lily right and he gets so h- far into Madeline's face all the time exactly. and he just gives her like a look and he threatened to kill her. Yeah, he literally he he's about to threaten to kill her, but at the same time I'm just like Bitsy, you should have just minded your business. Yeah, and not told your husband these things. You can have a sapphic little secret, but of course like guilt and it was it was a different time yeah. anyway. So. Jack tells Poppy that if she goes near Bitsy again, he'll kill her. Yeah. Bit violent. I think it's, you know, it's crazy to see in the trailer we see Bughead kissing again, which is kind of crazy to me. I don't... It doesn't compute in my brain anymore. But I think it's interesting that, like, they brought back... Betty and Jughead to be together in this episode for them to be abusive, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting, and now they're kissing again in the- and I- uh, it- mm, I'm if not I was sure. If a Bughead shipper, I'd be bummed out. Yeah. Because, like, if you're a Shoney shipper, you're on cloud nine. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, a uh, uh, Barchi? Veggie? Well, what's, a uh, Cheryl and Betty? Don't tell me it's Shetty. Well, no one ships that because they're cousins. Anyway, but if you ship that despite everything, you're on cloud nine as well. Mm -hmm. But if I were a bughead I'd be like, oh, my ship was just portrayed as being really abusive. And that's a kind of a bummer. Yeah. Luckily I'm not a bughead, so. Right. (laughs) I also noticed that there's this moment where, um, is so good at film because she's standing there and looking Jack straight in the face, who's like two inches away from Mm -hmm. her face, and she looks her eyes over to Bitsy, who mouths I'm sorry, And then moves her eyes back over. And I didn't notice it the first time that I watched. Neither did I. It was the second time. Yeah. The entire time that Jack is talking to her, she is watching Bitsy. Yeah. It's so sad. Mm -hmm. And then when they leave, there's like this really cool cinematic shot of her just like closing both doors while crying. Madeline is a fantastic crier. Yeah. 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 Beautiful cry. So good. So the, ne- the time for the next salon has come around and all of the seats remain empty because none of the other women came. Instead, a gang of men arrive. I'm just going to call him Reggie because he didn't have a name. No, he didn't have a name. Um, so Reggie wants to know who Poppy thinks she is because she told, basically told Velma that her husband, uh, can't get down. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward. All of them want her to leave Rivervale for various reasons. Yeah. The Blossoms have clearly outstayed their welcome in their minds, and Poppy threatens not to leave. Her they're, color like, t- sorry, they're like, hey, stop telling our wives they have rights. Hey, stop get telling out. our wives that they can and should be satisfied in the bedroom. I just want to <laughs> yeah. just wanna go to sleep. I just want to go to sleep. I just want to get off and then not try. That's literally it. Why should I have to also do things? What? what does she matter? She just makes me food and takes care of the house and does my laundry and handles all of the finances and everything. And takes care of my children so I don't have to. Yeah, but I don't think I should have to help her. I work so hard during the day. When I look after my kids, I call it babysitting. Hmm. So Kirk Keller tells her that they warned her and that if she, if Poppy sticks around, she's going to have a bad time. So instead, Poppy goes to Pop's. <laughs> And sees Tammy working up front. Sorry, I have stuff about the husband scene. You can. Thanks. So we have Tammy's husband is there. Jack is there, obviously. Reggie, who is Velma's husband, was Dad Keller there? I thought Dad I Keller. Saw him. No. Okay. There was an older man. I um, thought that was Dad Keller. No, it's not. He's not as handsome. I wasn't really paying attention. Oh, to yeah. My eyes were glued to Madeline the entire time. Right. Like I did not notice the men. It is deeply unclear if Keller is supposed to be married to anybody. Um. Oh, Kirk. Yeah, I yeah, don't I don't know. I don't know. But there, yeah, there's also another random, maybe two randoms who are also there. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's probably Elena's husband. And then later when we see them in Pops in the next scene, he's sitting next to her. Oh, okay. So that's Elena's husband. Just some um, random? Yeah, just some guy. And then basically, like, if you don't, we're going to arrest you because, like, he threatens, is like, I, uh, this is what I do for a living. And so I'm I will y- abuse my power fully prepared to lie to, like, for the good of all of these men, because I apparently don't even have a wife who's hanging out with you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are you trying to do, dude? Mm -hmm. So Poppy stops at Pops and sees Tammy working up front, and she's impressed by that. Yeah, great. She orders her usual. It sounds disgusting. Yes, a patty melt. Which is fine. That's just a, I think that's just a burger with cheese, right? Yeah. A side of coleslaw. Coleslaw is a side. Of, I'm more of a topping coleslaw girl. Yeah. Glass of buttermilk. Does that blue just to mean a toilet? toilet. <laughs> Does that just mean like sweet milk? No, because they used to drink an ass ton of milk in the fifties. Like same, but not the ones that like. But I don't want it to taste like butter. I want it to taste like milk. Buttermilk doesn't taste like butter. It's sour. Ew. Yeah. Even worse. I'm like, just order a milkshake. Yeah. You get... Buttermilk is sour milk because it's like it ma- it's good for baking. Uh it's not good for drinking. Yeah. as icing? Uh no, you use it in like biscuits and stuff. Oh, all right. That's whipped cream. Buttermilk. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> what did I think was I don't know. I think you thought whipped cream. I did. So Tammy is kind of awkward and she's like, "Hey, do you want to take this to go?" because I absolutely loved this scene. It's awkward in here. Yeah. I thought I think everybody in the scene was amazing. It was. And you can like see the isolation of Poppy is so obvious in this scene. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone else in the scene except for Tanny- Tammy is in pairs. Yeah. She's like, do you want this to go? And she goes, no, I don't. And yeah. I'm like, I- excuse me, I love you. Yeah. I respect only you. She's my favorite of the Cheryl's." She's like, yeah, I'm here, I'm queer, and I want a burger. Yeah. Oh, my other note for the scene was, you in danger, girl. Yeah. yeah. I have a lot of background stuff that I found. So, Elena is there with that guy, and also two kids in the booth. And they're older than uh, all the other, like people's kids. Right, okay. Um, we also see Velma, uh, whatever Reggie's name is, and also a child. Oh, so that's their family. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, in the back we see, or, like, behind Poppy, we see Jack, Bitsy, and their, like, little, little girl. And she's quite young, but also glaring at Poppy, which I thought was really funny. (laughs) how'd they get her to do that they're like just glare really hard at this girl and she had like opened up her little compact mirror and stuff and then that's when she like closes it really sadly so like my headcanon is that she like looked just to see bitsy in the mirror 100 percent, and then closed it sadly oh yeah just if this was a serious show it would be really sad yeah but i mean it's already sad. <laughs> but, like no madeline would they would give this yeah to the Emmys and they say, excuse me, here, this is for Can my friend Madeline. imagine Riverdale being nominated for an Emmy? That would be so funny. so funny. That's so funny. Like, and worst television show goes to... Riverdale! Riverdale. <laughs> and it's renewed for seven more seasons. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so when Poppy arrives home, she finds Kirk and his cops inside her house. She says that they... He says that they received a tip that she's a subversive and a suspected communist sympathizer. Poppy denies it, but Kirk arrests her and takes her for questioning. Uh, my only real note about this was just how great um Casey looks in like this like 50s sort of get the detective up. hat. Yeah. I was like, when they just the phrase subversive hit me like right in that, oh, okay, like that's how they're saying, oh, you're queer. Mm. You know? You're subversive. You're different. Just No, you're sensational. There you go. You're subversive. You're edgy. During questioning, Kirk tells Poppy that he knows that she's a communist, so she should just admit it. She's not, so she doesn't admit it. And he's like, well, you once visited Russia. And she's like, yeah, for a chess tournament. And then he asks, are you loyal to America and the flag? And she's like, yes. And also, I'm not against God and religion, but against witch hunts and groupthink. And then he's like, but don't you host unsegregated salons where they talk about banned books? (gasps) He wants her to sign a confession and admit that she's a commie. Otherwise, she's going to be put in jail to rot. Poppy refuses. Jail for her. Yeah. Jail for Poppy for 1,000 years. I think it's funny that he's like, and don't you use contraceptives? And she's like, no, I give other people contraceptives. I don't need them. Idiot. (laughs) He just, like, he goes through, like, a list of crimes, and I'm just like, you are such an asshole. I think it's funny that he's like, you have to sign this, or I'm going to put you in jail. And I'm like, so if she doesn't sign, or if she does sign, like, what happens? I don't know. I think there was something about, like, having your name on a list, like, ostracized you from society, I Mm. think. But either way, that's why I thought it was weird that Betty was like, or sorry, Bitsy was like, well, it's just your name, so, like, just sign it. Who cares? It's just your name. And she's like, well, what do I have but my name? Yeah. And I'm like, it can't just be, okay, now we know that you are, continue on with your life now, you know? Exactly. I I don't know what what the consequences were, but it feels like everyone's being like, eh, who cares about it? And I was like, but why? Yeah. Anyway, so she is jailed, and Bitsy stops by to see Poppy. She says that Poppy needs to sign the confession because it is just her name. Yeah. Poppy says that her name is all she has, her name and her principles. Bitsy tells her that suffering for her principles is signed, but doesn't she care more about them and their relationship? And I'm like, didn't you literally blow all of this up in the first place? Yeah. This seems manipulative for some reason. Also, like, uh, has it only hasn't it only been like a couple weeks since you kissed for the first time? And then and then your husband like threatened her and I'm like there must have been some kind of like deep connection there that we didn't see. Yeah because they really talk about like they've been having this affair for like a while Mm -hmm. but I thought that like it really seemed like we were kissing for the first time. And I think it was a kiss for the first time but it was an emotional affair maybe Mm -hmm. but there is a distance there. Yeah. So Bitsy is really emotional and Poppy tells her that she's doing what she's doing for them, for women, and all future women of the world. It's at this point that she pauses and realizes that Bitsy is pregnant. Mm-hmm. She says that they'll get through it, and she touches Bitsy's hand, but Bitsy pulls away. The baby is what she and Jack need, and she can't believe she let Poppy fill her head with silly, stupid ideas. She tells Poppy that Yeah, Jack- Lily's just great. Sorry, Lily's, oh, amazing. Lily's amazing. Oh, Lily's yeah. amazing. She's fantastic. She, lit- she says that Jack was right, and Poppy is a sexually repressed, sad, jealous spinster. And that Poppy knows nothing about her. What? It's a, it's the denial of the self. It's like you'll like, say anything to lash out if you don't want to be gay. Like you came in here being like, just do it so that you can For like us. leave, and then and then we can be together. And then like like what was the flip? I don't understand. I think it's that if. Like, maybe if Jack walked in the room and saw you and then you said those things, I just, like, I wasn't sure exactly where the light switch was there of her being like, um, actually, I hate you. I think it's that if if Poppy had said, fine, I'll do this for you, then Bitsy could keep her, like, a secret. Mm. And she could have her cake and eat it too. But Poppy is doing like a gesture and also Poppy figured out that she's pregnant. And so it's like, oh, great. Yeah. And it's like, she's like, can you do this for us? And Poppy's just like, no, I won't sacrifice my name and my legacy for you. And so now that's also her being like hurt by that. Yeah, 100%. So Cheryl is telling Britta the story and she tells us that Poppy and Bitsy didn't see each other for nine months. How convenient. Mm -hmm. So in 1957, Jack shows up to the jail and tells Poppy that Bitsy is in labor and has convinced herself that something is wrong and only Poppy can help. Yeah. If she helps, she won't return to the cell, so Poppy agrees. Yeah, I think that even if they'd be like, oh, well, you still have to come back to the cell afterwards, she probably still would have done it. Exactly. Yeah. And there's no way she wouldn't help. Like, she clearly loves Bitsy. Yeah. Cheryl reveals that that night was the night of Bailey's Comet. So Poppy arrives at the hospital and is greeted by Bitsy, who is relieved to see her, and they hug. As the comet shoots overhead, Poppy coaches Bitsy through her labor, and she gives birth to a girl. Bitsy says that she wishes she was bringing her daughter into a better world, but Poppy reassures her that being born under the comet is a sign of great things to come for her she also offers bitsy poison for jack for when the time is right so what i love about this and i know that this was river dale instead of river vale but cheryl also helped deliver baby anthony as mm-hmm. well yeah and so it makes a lot of sense that if she was also poppy she had done it before yep So, like, I think that's really cool that there's a parallel between there. And so that was another... That's where I had my note about, like, if was Cheryl in Riverdale so upset about learning about Abigail because, like, she had forgotten her past and now she's remembering or whatever? Like, I don't think, based on what Jughead says in the trailer, that any of this was actually real and then none of it will actually come back into canon. I hope this is just Jughead doing mushrooms. Well, he says, I think, in the trailer, like... I've been having these weird hallucinations, is what he says. Mushrooms. So, like, uh, it's the Rat King all over it's again. The rat King again. He just has rabies. Maybe he. Um, yeah, this is just his rabies flaring up. Yeah. I just think it's ridiculous that Roberto was like, oh no, this is fully part of canon. Like, it's really importantly part of, of canon. And instead of it being, like, actually part of canon, he's just like, because Jughead's dreaming the whole time. You know? Like, uh, I don't know about that. Listen, here's the thing. Roberto's an idiot. Mm. Anyway. Oh, by the way- I truly thought because like the time, oh yeah, like, yeah 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 the timeline is really weird anyway. But I was like, the fact that they're having this whole conversation about like how nothing will hold her back and she's going to be like part of a good generation that like will be good for women and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. I was like, how are we not having the reveal that this baby that she just delivered is Alice? Exactly. Like how are we not like, saying? Does what the, the timeline make sense? No, but nothing in the timeline makes sense. So who cares? Yeah, right. Like that how would we cool. Not? How are we not like? The whole time I was like, here's where they're going to say it. Here's where they're going to say it. And I was so disappointed that they didn't. Must have been Alice's mom, maybe? (laughs) But, like, no. Because Alice, like, was is supposed to be around, like, 50-ish years old. Because we're still in 2021. Yeah. Right? And so that, I mean, then that would take her to, like, the 70s that she was born in. It's possible. But then she would be too old in then she would be, like, in her 20s in the 90s when Midnight Club was supposed to happen. So, like... The timeline's a mess. The timeline's a complete mess. So, I'm like, you could have done the reveal that this was Alice. And I'm so mad that they didn't do that. Because then, it would have been very clear that these are the Smiths and not the Coopers. Which we're just getting on the outside of the episode. So, you're still like, if she's a Cooper, they're related. We hate this. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're a regular viewer just watching it, you're like, aren't they cousins? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I just feel like that would have been perfect. Why didn't we do that? I'm mad. Could have. Riverdale is a show of missed opportunities. And, you know, at first when she was like, here's some poison to kill your husband, I was like, oh, you should probably wait a bit because otherwise you have to raise this baby by yourself and that's probably not, like, maybe, you know, at the time women were kind of just raising the babies by themselves anyway. So true. But, like, it'd probably be easier for you to not do that and then... In the last scene, she says it was a year later, yeah. so I'm just like, okay, I respect She waited that. until the kid was, you know, on its own feet. Yeah, and it yeah. looks like they were in the Cooper house, I think. So. I was gonna was say, I funny. think that's the same set, but, yeah. like, with different dressing and stuff, mm-hmm. but I, I loved it. Yeah. So Poppy meets Jack outside the room and reveals that Bitsy and her daughter are fine, and then Kirk immediately arrests her. She wants to know what's happening. He's not taking her to jail, but he is going to lock her inside Thornhill forever. How is that gonna be enforced? Who knows? Who knows to say? So Cheryl then tells Britta that Bitsy's husband died under mysterious circumstances a year after their daughter was born and the autopsy revealed no poison but some plant-based toxins don't leave a trace. Yeah. So I guess Bitsy and Poppy just never reunited? Guess not. Which is, even though even though her husband died like. She could have I, easily gone to Thornhill whenever. It's the same freaking town. Yeah it's just like Poppy just immediately was just like I'm pregnant also and then like. Started a new persona. Right? Yeah. Anyway, that's the end of Poppy's story. Yeah. Or is it because she becomes Cheryl? That's true. She does become Cheryl, apparently. And before we go into the real quick little Cheryl storyline, we'll talk about Patreon. You can. Uh So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theaficionados. And our donations are monthly. So at the $1 level, you get early access to all of our podcasts, every single one of them. At the $2 level, you get access to our Discord server. gets you 10% off at shoppilux.com, which is where Brittany sells some really cool stuff. And also my Etsy. Um, I have a bunch of Riverdale stuff there, so you should check it out. And then my personal favorite is the $10 level, which is our Patreon-only podcast, OK Love You Hi, where we talk uh, every two weeks for about 45 minutes about topics that we want to talk about and what our listeners want to talk about. Hell yeah. Um, And it's really fun. So I hope that you check it out. If you join one tier, you get all the tiers underneath it, so it's worth it. And uh if you can't do that check out uh and the hybridy etsy uh that's another way that you can support us uh and also get something really cool out of it mm-hmm. and uh other than that, recommend us to a friend. We'd really appreciate that. Um, even if that friend is you, and this is the only one that you listen to, check out some of our other podcasts. Give this to one of your friends who hasn't seen Riverdale. So tell them they don't have to watch the show. Give it to uh, one of your friends who stopped in season three and but still wants to hear about what's happening. That's what we're here for. Thanks. Thank you. All right. So we are going to end on the tiny little Cheryl storyline that uh, sort of weaves throughout both of these stories yes so cheryl gets up and gets ready starts teaching her girls and she just like seems really sad yeah she um, seems super bummed out because she knows that she's dying today oh right oh. i think like yeah. you know they've been preparing this ritual so she knows that today is her last day mm-hmm. um she tells the girls that bailey's comet comes over riverdale once every six sorry river vale once every 65 years and that it'll be tonight the girls are meant to go watch it while cheryl stays with nana rose and here's where i noticed the telescope but is still there. Of course. And Nana is too weak, so she can't come. Cheryl asks Nana if she's sure she wants to do the ritual, and she says yes. So Cheryl starts telling the story of Abigail and Poppy. So she's like, I want to ask again while you're still in your right mind. And I'm like, um, isn't she legally senile? Yeah, like, <laughs> hasn't Nana Rose been in and out of dementia for a quick minute? Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm back in my, in in Cheryl's body. And I'm like, are you good, though? Like, <laughs> hasn't your mind gone? Like, here's the Aren't thing. are you ancient? Well, here here's my question, because I was like, um, it really seems like a win-win. Why do we even need to ask if she uh is, like, sure about it, right? Because I'm like, her body is dying. Abigail gets to be free. Rose gets to, like, live on. Like, it really feels like a win-win. And so I was like, maybe the reason that it's bad for Rose is because now she has to live forever. Like, Cheryl's body or Abigail's body is the one that mm-hmm. lives forever. Yeah. And so maybe now Rose is like, now I have to live here, f- live forever. And I feel like- Maybe they can constantly transfer then, me. May- Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. But, like, then we need to have another, like, Blossom who's willing to do it or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's gonna take a while. So, yeah, I wonder if maybe that's the bad thing. But Nana Rose probably doesn't see it as a bad thing yet. But, like, no one ever actually wants to be immortal. The you know? weird part is, though, is that, like, Ro- Nana, what's her name? Annabelle? What the f is her name? Abigail? A- no, the... Ro- Nana Rose's real name is like a full. Roseanne. Roseanne! Why did I think it was Annabelle? Not the doll? She says she finally gets to experience her youth? Or she said that she gets to relive her youth, she says. Oh, did she say relive? I think so. Oh, okay, that makes way more sense. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah. So she's like, I've never been more certain in my life. And so she's like, okay, well, let me tell you the stories because it's important for you to remember, like, my life before you become me, I guess, or something. And she's like, which one do you want to hear first? She says both because they intertwine. And I'm like, she's right. Yes. So all the stories are happening. Britta interrupts the story and asks to watch. And Nana wants her to. So Cheryl says that's, like, fine, but shut up. Sure. She's like, all the other girls went to the comet, but I wanted to see what's up in here. Because I know that you're uh She's like, whatever you're doing is something. more interesting. Yeah. Um, and she, plus she still gets to like go and be with the comet when it happens because they make her leave. Exactly. So a few times we see Britta asking questions about the stories. That's what's happening. Once she's done telling the stories, the doorbell rings and Cheryl goes to answer it. It's Sabrina. So they come in to do a transference ritual in the light of the comet. I think it's so funny that they were like... This episode, Sabrina Sabrina's shows Sabrina's coming to town. Sabrina's in the trailer. Sabrina's coming to town. Like Look at all this stuff. Like four episodes ago, there was this huge like promotional thing of yeah. Sabrina's back. This whole episode happened before she showed up. Literally six minutes before it was over. Then Sabrina comes in. She has like 15 lines and that's it. And apparently they explain away. Apparently Sabrina died at the end of chaos. Yeah. And, and then she's it. like, oh yeah, I just came back from the dead. Yeah. She's like, I sure. came back. Yeah. Uh, okay. What? So she's like, oh, it feels like it's been centuries. And we're like, ha ha. Ha ha ha. ha. Yeah, because yeah. we're spanning centuries. Yeah. I'm like, "But like, are me? we spanning centuries? I guess we are spanning centuries. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then she, in a she? line of pure what, what millennials think the Gen Zs say. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. No oh one says God. that. Well, I do now. <laughs> got- yeah, ironically. Oh, my God, Brittany. Oh, my don't, God, Robin, what? Don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous, Robin. No one says that. <laughs> and then later she comes in and she's like, hey, Nana Rose, I see that you're freaking pa- about to pass away. What's happening? She comes in and she's like, hey, guys, this what's dick, happening? Nana Rose. <laughs> so she's like, I'm always here to help a fellow witch. So she goes into the room. And so she is a witch. And Britta's like, who are you? How, or how do you guys know each other? And she says, we have similar interests and mutual friends. Who are your mutual friends? What kind of explanation was that? Who are your mutual friends? And she's like, also our covens are in the same softball league. What? What softball league? What coven? I loved the entire episode up until she showed up, to be honest. Yeah. the entire Everything episode- fell apart. Well, the entire episode was, like, very serious. And, you know, I like, I n- now having watched it again, I like the explanation and everything. i like, what happened? But she made everything weird. Honestly, I still think the explanation fell apart. Yeah. I, I still don't think it makes sense. Right. Uh, like, I mean, like, but now, can like, make whatever. You it make sense, yeah. but it's just like, it was... Just- they could have left this whole part off and then yeah. just cut to the end and it would have been great. Yeah. So she's like, Ambrose told me how to do this transference. And I'm like, ah, yes. Ambrose. Uh, a character name drop. I know that character. Is that one of your mutual friends? Do you know apparently they actually shot a scene with Zelda and then cut it? Incredible. All okay. right. What MILF was the most badass? Don't know. Zelda when she was cut. Well, Bitsy doesn't win. Bitsy she's doesn't win. Her. Elena doesn't win. It's it's whatever Zelda's deleted scene is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we can only do this transfer and thing when something cosmic is happening, like the comet. Okay. So Britta, get out of here. Yeah, move Britta. So they do the Freaky Friday ritual, and I can already see a difference in how Mads is playing Nana Rose in Cheryl's mm-hmm. body, which I think is really interesting. Um, and then Nana Rose slash Abigail dies. Yeah. But not really, because there is no death for a witch. Sure. Apparently. Again, all of this falls apart, so I'm just sitting here like, yeah, sure, uh-huh. So Sabrina and Cheryl explained to Britta that Cheryl and Poppy were actually just Abigail living forever and making new personas. They switched her soul with Nana Rose so Abigail could finally be at peace, finally dying with Nana Rose's body, so Cheryl is actually Nana Rose now. And there was never any Cheryl. And there was never a Cheryl. So It was Abigail the whole time. And whoever Jason was, he just didn't exist. Yeah, we just didn't talk about him. Do not think this through too closely or it will fall apart. Yeah. She was cursed with immortality. Where did Nana Rose come from? Anyway, she, well, Nana Rose. Yeah, was, right, right. Yeah, right. we figured that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But her true love was Thomasina, and she like never forgot about her. And so I'm like, so when she saw Tony, what happened? That, I was. That's why I was like, why isn't Tony also her love interest in the fifties? Just, just have them constantly be reincarnated because they're both witches. If every single one of these episodes was a completely standalone thing, I would. This this is fine. Tony just like doesn't exist in this one or something. Yeah. Right? Like, whatever. But, like, if they hadn't killed Archie in the first one and then, like, toasted to Archie in the second one, you would be like, oh, these are just different... I'd be like, oh, this is a completely different story every single time. That's totally fine. It's just, like, confusing because then they also have, like, some episodes where they talk about Jason, but in this episode it doesn't make sense that Jason exists and and they don't talk about Jason at all. So, like, if it was its own separate thing, then, okay, Jason just doesn't exist in this one. I, like, the thing is, like... On the one hand I'm like, it's Riverdale, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I do wonder what happens in that writer's room where they're trying to discuss continuity, and timeline, like, does it not bother any of them <laughs> that none of this makes sense? Yeah. Or do they think it makes sense? Mm-hmm. I, j- it's, it's, what happens to their script supervisor? Like, part of me wants to be in that writer's room to be like, actually, this contradicts this other thing that you once said. That's the script supervisor's job! No, I know, and part of me wants to be that person, but another part of me is like, they would just ignore me. Probably. Like, I'm sure the super, script supervisor does their job, and they're just like, um... Yeah, that doesn't really work with what we want to do, though, so it's fine. Uh, it's okay. Let's just not. Uh, it's fine. I genuinely think- I'd be so mad. Each episode of this show is written by someone who barely knows what the show is about. Yeah, yeah. I just, it, it's just baffling to me- what I wanna know what happens in real life. Yeah. Do they all just snort a ton of cocaine and then just <laughs> go for it? Right. <laughs> so I'm like, what happened when you saw Tony for the first time? Were you like, oh my god, it's Thomasina? Uh that makes total total sense because that's literally one of Thomasina's ancestors. Ancestors? But did she even have a baby if she killed her husband? No, because they said witches never die and Thomasina was a witch. So she could have just been like reincarnated or something. Okay. I again. But then why is Abigail sad? I don't know. Don't look at it too closely. Okay. So she's like, I finally, so she's finally moved on. So I'm Roseanne now. Um, I'm going to enjoy my precious youth, is what she said, I guess. Sure. But I'm like, but Nana Rose is like unhinged. Like she has done so many terrible bad things in her life that I'm like, I don't really want Nana Rose Doesn't to be Nana here. Nana Rose killed people? Yes. Yeah. And so they're like, no, Abigail is not dead because there's no death for witches. Because Sabrina yeah. died and came back. And Abigail and Thomasina were both witches. So they're both not dead. They're like ghosts. Sure. Okay. So we see Abigail's soul finally reuniting with Thomasina in the afterlife, and like Jug had talked some more. It's very sweet. It's very sweet. That's the part that made me cry, to be honest. They could have cut all of the Sabrina stuff out, and yeah. it would have been wonderful. Yeah. Like just have like sure, I don't know, explain what happened. Like or something. I, don't I don't know how what... Abigail would have died, but this reunion was so sweet. Yeah, it's I great. really loved it. And the music is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So we see the graves for Abigail, Poppy Seed, and Roseanne. So the first two, I guess, are just empty? Yeah. Okay. Um, and so my next question is Nana Rose, not that it matters because next episode goes into a completely different, like back into the regular canon as far as I understand. But is Nana Rose in this canon just going to pretend to be Cheryl? I think so. Yeah. And I'm also going to bet you money that Nana Rose is dead in the, ri- in normal canon now. Yeah. I bet you they're going to forget that they did it in Rivervale and Nana Rose is just dead now. I'm like, I, but I want to stay here um, because I want to see Nana Rose fumble pretending to be Cheryl. But I would miss Cheryl. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. I want to see like one episode of that. So it said Abigail born 1867, died 1945. Poppy born 1932, died 1999. Uh, how was their crossover? My headcanon is that she just pretended to be her, her own daughter or something and then said like, oh, my mom's sick in bed upstairs. Yeah, probably. She's like, oh, I'm hiding away my child until she's like 17. Yeah, probably. Or something. And I don't know. She's basically just being the Twilight vampires just going, but she's never leaving the town so that she can just come back. and mm-hmm. say, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense. And then it said Rose, born uh, 1929, died uh, 2021, which I have complaints about because yeah. it should be 2022. But that means that she was... In her 90s. I mean, that makes sense. I'm pretty sure that actress is in her 90s. 92, she would be. Okay. Hold on. Now I need to know how old the... Barbara Wallace. How old is Barbara Wallace? Oh! Wait, what? No. Okay. Sorry. Barbara Brooks Wallace is different than Barbara Wallace because Barbara Brooks Wallace, who is a uh, children's literature writer, is dead. Oh, okay. So I was like, um, what? I'd like to know how old she is, please. She was born in 1923, so she's 90. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, she's doing, I, I mean, imagine still, still working at still that working. age is amazing. So, yeah, so she was adopted, so that's fine, Rose, but how did Jason exist? Who knows if she even exists. Um, Thomas Cena, Topaz, born 1863, died 1892, 24 years. That's so sad. Um, her ghost watches, sees Abigail, they dance and, like, run around together, and then we get, like, another Welcome to Rivervale sign, but it's, like, really old, and it says established 1673, and the sign says, there be witches here. Mm -hmm. Well, if everyone knows about it, why are we bad? (laughs) Okay. And now it's time for our segments. So my first segment is which character needs a hug the most? Abigail, Poppy, Cheryl. Duh. Go, yeah, yeah. All of all of those blossoms. Yeah. And my segment is which milf was the most badass. Again, Zelda in a cutscene because yeah. there were no milfs in here who were overly badass. Right. Elena kind of sucked. Yeah. Sam, what are you shipping the most? Abigail and Thomasina, obviously. Obviously. Incredible. Um, is chick dead or what? I. It doesn't. <laughs> who's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> And now it's time for our Best Line Award. Um, I struggled to find a Best Line Award because this episode was so serious that there was like nothing funny about it. Yeah. Um. So I thought at least one of us has to have a Favorite Line Award. So I gave my Favorite Line Award to Britta for... I don't understand. Because me as well. And I thought... Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. She did a good line read of being like, um, what? So I appreciated that. Can I give my Favorite... <laughs> is- I'm not actually going to do this because it would be impossible. Okay. But... <laughs> I didn't have a favorite line that was, like, funny, but I just think it was so iconic that Season of the Witch played mm. while they were showing Sabrina. Yeah. So that's my favorite line award. Incredible, But slash J. Joke. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I do want to say that I really did enjoy the Poppy Bitsy stuff, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that they should let Lily play a sapphic person more often. Thanks. So true. Can't help but agree. Could not agree more. And here's what I grabbed from the trailer. There is so much in this trailer. This trailer was hefty. Okay. So trailer- Jug says, I've been having these strange hallucinations. Amazing. I love it. Already. Rabies. Incredible. Rabies. Jughead. We see Jughead in Pops. Pop and Veronica are behind him. Then we see Archie kissing in a booth. First of all, thank you so much because I really missed Archie. Yeah. Like, at least he's back now. Mm-hmm. And they have champagne. And Are I, they celebrating something? I think they are. Then we see the bomb that I assume was under Archie's bed. Yeah. We see Jughead at Cheryl's. Jason comes out and says... Hey, Jughead. So, here's my thoughts on this. Okay. I have said, I hope Jason never speaks. I will be so, so angry if they ever have Jason talk. Okay? Here's why I'm okay with this. Okay. Because this is the 100th episode of Riverdale. Okay. They know it's a joke. Yes. They're gonna have Jason say this one line and hopefully nothing else. Okay. But if he does keep talking, fine. But he never talks again after this. He talks in the 100th episode and that's it. Alright, fair enough. Then it's funny. If he talks after this, I'm mad. He can't ever talk. Like, yeah. The thing is I so don't have faith in the writers to know that he's never spoken. Yeah. I like did they know? No, they definitely know. But like, do they know? Well, Roberto wrote this episode and he knows. All right. Yeah. So, I'm okay with J- with Jason talking now. That's funny and I like that they that it's such a running joke that they put it in the trailer. Yeah but don't do it again. He better not speak after this. Jughead goes to look at the town sign because he's like, doesn't say Rivervale? Veronica says, there are two parallel universes. Okay. So I guess maybe this is a, I don't know, and Jughead's been having hallucinations to the, the parallel universe. We see Jughead waking up from something. We see Barchie at night together in Betty's bed, but they're both like sitting up. They're not like, in, in bed, doing stuff. Yes. They're like sitting up being frightened together, I guess. Jughead says, Riverdale comes first and then there's Rivervale. Then we see Archie attacking someone. I thought it maybe looked like Jughead potentially. Yeah, I also thought that. Veronica, I assume, because we didn't see any faces, but it was like, had black hair. So Veronica is dancing with Reggie, I think. Okay. We see Jughead writing on his typewriter and then the window's blowing out. Um, We see Cheryl, I think, getting choked by somebody. Cheryl slash Nana Rose. Yeah, right. We see the Black Hood shooting a gun, because because we know that Hal is in this episode, as well as Ethel and Dilton. Oh, that's right. I thought that was a Black Hood, but I wasn't yeah. sure if that was just, like, some guy. <laughs> and then we see Bughead kissing, but Betty's in a wedding dress. I wonder if it's, like, a bunch of different realities all crashing together. Right. Because I'm like, is that what barchi are celebrating with their champagne that he in- he, proposed. he proposed yes okay then we see dr curdle and jughead at the morgue and then dr curdle opens the body bag and it's jughead again it's- i think it's a bunch of different timelines yeah. and then a voice says it's a paradox okay okay honestly i'm ready for the ride it, it's a paradox and i'm fine with it Britney and Sam are going home for Christmas the day before this airs. So we are going to be like FaceTiming each other watching the episode. Yeah, I'm because, excited. Because I cannot watch the 100th episode of Riverdale. By yourself. Alone. I, I think that's a crime. It is a crime. So we're going to rectify it. Okay. Um And then we'll have to record separately. but Yes, I know. Don't worry, you guys. Yeah. All is well. We'll make it happen. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you. Hey, thanks to Sam for hanging out in the background. Destiny thanks, y. Sam. Thanks, Sam. You're welcome. If you want, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. That would be great. That'd be chill. If you're a fan of The 100, we talk about that show, too. We did seasons four to seven as they were airing, and now we're going back to do The Good Old Days, starting with season three and ending with season one. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show, too. Um, It's Robin's favorite show. And she and Casey are now going to be covering the rest of the show. You need to tune in. They are very cute together. Thank you. It is spoiler-free. It is spoiler-free. Yep. It would be my true honor. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. We have an episode out for every single episode of Stranger Things now. You guys are going to want to get caught up because when it comes out in 2022, we are going to post a long episode where uh, we watch every episode and in between talk about what we think is going to happen. Our theories. Yeah, so we're going to put that that out. Um. So definitely check out. Australian I love theorize. Yeah. I know. Me too. Uh, you can follow the fiction. <laughs> put that at the top. You turn the episode on. <laughs> turn episode off. No. What, nobody would look listen. We like in time. Two seconds. Why does that sound like one of those things from the nineties where you like put it upside down? It's like <laughs> No I love our listeners are like listen the episode's almost done can you guys just like finish no it? we're losing our minds okay it's fine you can follow the autos on twitter facebook tumblr instagram Redbubble, youtube we don't use any of those we only use, we only use twitter, twitter and tumblr for and gifts. instagram sometimes Yeah, like twice a year. I know. I'm like, let's get rid of Redbubble and YouTube. We really, we We probably should, except that it's all memorized in my brain. Yeah. We were like, hey, we're gonna use that YouTube when we moved in together. We were like, we're gonna use the YouTube because we're gonna record ourselves recording, and then we were like, we can't do that. We like to perform. We like to do this while looking like garbage in pajamas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (sighs) Our Patreon, like I said earlier, is patreon.com/slash/theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it uh, it's expensive. Um, and we need your help. I need to feed my son. We need to put food in his belly. Um, if you can't do that, check out ShopeeLux.com or the hybridy Etsy. Um, those, uh, links are in the description. Um, and if not, recommend this to a friend. Check out all the other aficionados podcasts and recommend them. We would appreciate it. You are the best. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Um, the next episode is episode 605. It is the 100th episode 100th of Riverdale. 100 um, It is called The Jughead Paradox. Um, I'm not interested. Thank you. I'm excited. I just, this episode was such a banger. I know I'm going to be let down. Yeah. 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 Especially since it's about Jughead. Yeah. But Jughead has really been doing really fantastic at the beginning and the end of every episode. Yeah. The Twilight Zone vibe is like, can can it just be Rivervale all the time? It I won't know. make sense, but I like it. I'm like, can we, let's just like dip or like ditch the rest of the canon and then just keep doing random AUs. Yeah. That has no bearing on anything else. Exactly. I love it. I, Pirate AU. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, Disney World AU. Yeah. just Just go for it. Yeah. Um, so I can't tell if this is an actual, like, reference to a film or anything, Um, but a paradox is a logically self-contradictory statement or a statement that runs contrary to one's expectation. It is a statement that, despite apparently valid reasoning from true premises, leads to a seemingly self-contradictory or a logically unacceptable conclusion. A paradox usually involves contradictory yet interrelated elements that exist simultaneously and persist over time. Those are the biggest, uh, th- that has the most big words, uh, that I've ever read. Good job, bud. Uh, did it make sense? Who knows? I don't know. Just look it up. I know what a paradox is, it's Star Trek. Yeah. Okay, love you, bye. bye. Love you, Bye.